leave it to Steve to pick a song. Puts me on the edge of tears. I think it just, whenever I'm up here, I, I just feel the weight of the responsibility and the just deep desire to make sure the Lord is speaking through me. So pray for me, please. But as we start this morning, I thought we would start maybe with a little easy test. Should be able to pass. Don, get ready. Uh, raise your hand if, if you have uh, now or in the past, you've had a mother. Okay? All right. Got it. All right, 100%. We've got something in common. So happy Mother's Day, of course, to all of our mothers. As uh, noble as it may seem, today's celebration of mothers with a special day in, in America, somewhat around the world, can create a variety of emotions. Some of our moms were near perfect. I can, I can think of some who did really well. And our hearts are, are stirred with very deep gratitude for that. And others, again, maybe no fault of our own, they were far from that, and the, the pain lingers for a lifetime, does it not? Some of our moms can think about their children with profound joy while others would grieve over rebellion or loss. Uh, still others may yearn for a child that may be past, they never had. And it's certainly not lost on me that these emotions can run the gamut. So let's, uh, let's open in a time of prayer, ask the Lord for His grace, that we might know His mind about mothers and the unsurpassed influence they can have on this world. So, Father, we do thank you for this time together as the body of Christ and for your word that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we consider the divine work that you've done and you want to do through mothers, would you turn our hearts to praise for you regardless of the circumstances? Deepen our commitment to honor our mothers for their investment in our lives, whatever degree that was. And would you renew our desire as moms and and even for dads to be godly influence on the children, the physical ones, and even the spiritual children that you've placed in our lives. We pray this for your glory in this world and in our lives and theirs, and through Christ. Amen. I want to go back to the beginning. And in Genesis, we read this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother 
and hold fast or cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Seemed simple, didn't it? Uh, Everything was good, and this part was very good, until just around the corner in chapter 3, Satan knew that if he could disrupt that relationship between the husband and the wife, he could disrupt that intended dominion that God had intended, that process that husband and wife would have the command. And, and ever since the fall, he's been pretty successful in far too many lives. Now, which one of us could have scripted the world that we live in today when you consider the state of the family? You know, we've been on earth for a limited amount of time. It's some of us longer, but it seems that just in the lifetimes of many of the adults here right now today, the, the definitions of families and moms and dads have been turned upside down. Good is called evil and evil is called good. It's shocking. Moms and, or dads have been uh, pretty much eliminated from the predominant contemporary cultural equation. Both are no longer necessary. Conceiving, yes, but for the raising of children, no. One of the greatest blessings that a couple could have, that of children, has somehow been turned into a curse and resulted in the intentional killing of children. It's sobering. You know, if you were born in 1973 or after, you've never known anything other than legalized abortion that, as it was determined by the United States Supreme Court in, on January 22, 1973. And now nearly 50 years later, it's 50th anniversary coming up. We've reaped what we've sown, and it certainly hasn't been what God intended. It's certainly not dominion over this earth. Instead of having dominion, Satan has wreaked havoc and had dominion over the lives of some 50 to 60 million women just in that short period of time. And we know abortions took place before then. But it, the women and often the men in their lives as well. Again, sobering and tragic cost of that. The contrast is not lost on in today's celebration of Mother's Day. But you know what? It is a time to rejoice and be thankful. And that's why we do this. Even from the foundation of the world, God knew there would be a fall, and he had a plan of redemption. His grace has always been the key to bring us back to fellowship with him and our fellow man. And you know, whatever our beliefs have been, roles have been over the years, whatever has come into our path, the choices that we've made, God's grace is always there. And so, you know, from a biological perspective, the importance of a mother on children cannot be overstated, right? Can I get a big duh? <laughs> but I, I want to point to one particular mother in Scripture 
who I think was part of picturing God's plan of redemption and whose spiritual impact is unsurpassed. And when I, when I say that a mother's influence is unsurpassed, I'm, I'm using a measure of superlative language on purpose. And I, I know a father's influence is critical, but I believe the love and the protection and the nurturing of the next generation of life by a mother is God's handiwork on earth. I really do. It cannot be overstated. So, turn with me to Exodus chapter 2, and I want to look at the life and the impact of Jochebed because I, I see some parallels there to the times in which we live today. So if you'll open your Bible to Exodus 2, uh, I did not, I kind of changed things up at the last minute, didn't give these to John, so I, I just want to, if you have your Bible open, great, but I do want to ask you to stand in, for the reading of God's Word. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 10, Exodus chapter 2. Verses 1 through 10. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. Now that's Jochebed, doesn't say there. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. Again, back in chapter 1, we know we'll, we'll talk more about the edict of the uh, command to kill the children, uh, male children. Verse 3, when she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of the water. Amen. You may be seated. So this is the story of, of Jochebed. Uh, we obviously know her through the life of Moses and then his siblings. Uh, and so uh, Miriam and Aaron are, are part of the history of Israel as well. But the name of Jochebed implies glory of Jehovah, or Jehovah is her or our glory. It's, it's plain from the name of the mother of Moses that the announcement of Jehovah as the name of God was not made for the first time when God revealed himself in a special manner under that title to Moses in the burning bush, right? 
Uh, Jochebed is the first person in Scripture to have a name that's compounded with the Jah or Jehovah. So Jochebed is spoken of as a daughter of Levi since she married a man of the house of Levi whose name was Amram. To Amram and Jochebed were born three children uh, of whom all became renowned in their own sphere. I mentioned Moses who became one of the greatest national leaders and legislators the world's ever known. Certainly for Israel, Aaron, who became Israel's first high priest and founder of the Aaronic priesthood. And then Miriam was a gifted poetess and musician who was intimately associated with her two brothers in the history of Israel. Jochebed's prominent place uh, in history is is very secure in the, the aspect of her career especially emphasized in Scripture, is, is what? We, we just read that, right? It's her, her clever design to preserve the life of her baby. That's pretty much all we know about Jochebed. But when you, when you actually look at the details of everything that took place, it's an amazing story of the providence of God. And, and again, we have the same opportunity to see God's hand in our lives all around us and constantly asking the Lord to show us his way, order our steps, make sure that we're in the will of God, and he will do that because it all brings glory to him. It was her and her husband's courage that's mentioned in Hebrews eleven twenty three. their trust in the Lord in such an act that had far-reaching consequences for the nation of Israel, that she placed, she was placed among the uh, the heroes in the hall of faith that we studied not long ago. Hebrews 11.23, I'll read this to us. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. You know, the, the saving of the life of Moses caused her to be included among that, that great cloud of witnesses whose lives and, and labors testified of their faith in God's providential care and his goodness. You know, at the time of Pharaoh, the Hebrews had multiplied so greatly, it was in, mentioned in, in chapter 1, as to cause the monarch to fear that he, they, should be, uh, they would outnumber the Egyptians and take over their nation. So he had commanded that all the newly born Hebrew boys would be killed by throwing them into the Nile. And they had a couple of uh, midwives that tended to uh, be at the births of the Hebrew women. And they, again, feared God and refused to kill the babies. And Moses was one that they did not kill. Jochebed was already pregnant with her third child. Miriam was about 10 years old. At the time, Aaron, maybe three in the home, and another child on the way, the horrific thought of having to drown your baby, throw the baby in the river, transformed her into this heroine and the preserver of a boy who became one of the world's greatest figures. That's Moses. Three times over, we read that she saw that he was a goodly or a beautiful child. Exodus 2, 2, Acts 7, and Hebrews 11. Again, it means that Moses was not only a lovely child to look at, 
Now, what baby's not cute, right? Uh, but it also implied in the margin that he was fair to God. Fair to God. Implying that there was something otherworldly or angelic about him. Jochebed felt that he had been sent from God and that he, along with her mingled faith and love, would somehow preserve the child. So how she managed to, to hide the baby, I think, what, what percentage of babies cry? <laughs> it's not like you can just turn the volume down. Uh, but how she did that in, in some secret place where she, he could not be seen or heard is, again, it's, it's providential mystery for that long. Because you know that the Pharaoh had his uh, minions going out and checking this, right? Because he was the one that instructed the midwives what to do and uh, how Moses survived again is a providential miracle. When she was unable to conceal him any longer, God, through the intensity of her faith, caused her to inherit a vision that he had appointed for Moses. She had made a little basket of reeds, placed it uh, in its, uh, with its little treasure among the bulrushes in the river, and then told Miriam, go down there and watch and make sure the baby's okay. Now, uh, they talk about the Nile, and, and I read plenty where they kept talking about the Nile crocodiles and thought, uh, that's just not a real safe place. That's like a 2-1-1, right? No, 241 kids call. Uh, and then, then you read about Pharaoh's daughter bathing there and finding. So I'm not sure about the crocodile part. So that's probably in Ten Commandments they show on Easter all the time. Uh, but, but there's Miriam, her, her daughter, going down there to stand watch over Moses. Later, uh, as Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to bathe, she saw the basket, told her maidens to get the baby, and they brought it to him. So Pharaoh's daughter saw that the beauty, as well, saw that the baby was beautiful, heard the cry, had compassion. And I, I believe there again, the Lord touched an unbeliever's heart. And we never know how God is working in those around us. And he's able to draw Pharaoh's daughter, because she knew the edict. She was aware of it sees a little Hebrew baby and says, and has compassion. And again, under the providential hand of God, there's Miriam. And then Jochebed gets called to care for the baby and then gets paid to care for her own baby. Could you, could you script it any better? Moses... Uh, as we know, after the, uh, the weaning of the baby, Jochebed takes Moses. We don't know exactly how long that was. Uh, could have been three years. Could have been, could have been six years. Could have been some point the word weaning uh, might have a broader interpretation of, of just nursing a child. But nonetheless, uh, I believe that Jochebed had an influence in Moses' life, a deep spiritual influence that prepared him to go and live in Pharaoh's household for 40 more years. 
until he was 40. So we, we read in, uh, well, if, if, let me read this. If Jochebed was guided by God to make that small cradle and place her three-month-old baby in it and hide him among the bulrushes, surely the steps of Pharaoh's daughter were ordered by the same even though she was an idolater. Think about that. Again, can we trust our children to the care of, of anyone else? You know, we, we have a responsibility, and we, we take it very seriously as Christian parents. But we pour God's word into their lives, and we put them out in the world with the expectation that God is going to care for them in a way that will be providential in their life as well. It, it was to her that Jochebed owed the saving of her son as well as the royal protection and all the advantages of Pharaoh's household for the next 40 years. So how, how long Jochebed lived uh, after she delivered the child to, to Pharaoh's daughter, we don't know. Uh, but... Again, Cecil B. Cecil B. DeMille did not know. Though it was uh, just a few short years before she weaned Moses and turned him over to Pharaoh's daughter for some 40 years more, we have to believe that those formative years played a role in his later life. And I want to look again at Hebrews 11. Uh, turn with me there. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 24. Hebrews eleven twenty four. So we read twenty three about Moses' parents. This is now about Moses. So by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Over 40 years, Moses had the best of the pagan world's education and the upbringing, and he still managed to maintain his commitment to Christ. I'd say that's unsurpassed influence. Although she may not have lived to see how famous her children became, even in death, she could yet speak through their devotion to God. Jochebed was no doubt a chief influence for God in their preparation for the great task they were to accomplish in leading his people out of Egyptian bondage. As Scripture chronicles the life of Moses and the deliverance of Israel, the uh, the, the typology between him and, and Jesus is abundant, is it not? 
Moses foreshadowed the Messiah and Redeemer, unlike any in the Old Testament. In one of Moses' final speeches, he gave this messianic prophecy in Deuteronomy 18.15, said this, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. The prophet whom Moses foretells bears these qualities. Said he will be raised up by God. He will come from among the Israelites. He will be like Moses and he will be worthy of being heard and obeyed. The prophet clearly who these words fulfill is Jesus Christ himself, the prophet like Moses. Did Jochebed know that the three-month-old she was hiding in the bulrushes would grow up and become a Christ type for Israel? Certainly not. Nor do we know what our children may become one day. We all have hopes and prayers for them. What we have here today, I think, in my life and hopefully in yours, is a recommitment to do everything in our power as moms and dads and grandparents to nurture the spirit life in those God has entrusted to us for his glory. Will you pray with me? Father, we indeed are grateful for the opportunities that you place in our lives. And as as parents, as moms, as dads, the tremendous responsibility of bringing children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord is sobering. It's very difficult at times, but we pray that it would be God-honoring in all of our efforts. You would bless so that the future that they have in Christ, the influence that we have and the opportunities would be unsurpassed in what this world would offer them. God, would you help us to see the opportunities in our children, our grandchildren, our spiritual children. Would you help us to see the influence that our own mothers had in our lives and that we would give praise and glory to you and thanks. Through Christ we pray. Amen.